0: Good evening and happy Friday, everybody. So glad you're here. So glad you're with us. It is another week of Gunnersville football as the Wildcats turn their attention to the West Point Warriors in another region contest. But Gunnersville was able to wrap the region up last week against Boaz. Gunnersville is now eight and and0 overall, and they uh, clinched the number one spot in the in Class 5A Region Seven. So they will host the first round of uh, the playoffs. They're the number one team in the region. But that does not mean that this game is not going to be, you know, as as important as the rest of them. Coach Reese assured us of that in the Coach Reese show, as you will hear later on in tonight's show. But, you know, it was great to see Gunnersville get that win last week at Boaz. Obviously, Logan Pate had a career night. Unbelievable. 216 yards, six touchdowns, just uh just one of those nights that I think we all know um, that Logan Pate can bring on any given night. Uh, so it was great to see the, uh, the the relationship between him and his offensive line is really something uh, fun to watch. You know, on the sideline, congratulating one another, happy for one another. It was good to see, and it was good to see uh, good to see Pate have that kind of night. Another good night for Cole. Obviously, went 13 to 15 for passing and. Just another big night. Jack Harris uh, breaks the breaks the uh, Gunnersville receiving record. Let me get my stat out right here. I believe he has 826 yards of receiving uh, this this season. Let me make sure I'm correct on that. 827. Excuse me. Old record was 775 uh, receiving yards in one season, and that was held by assistant coach Shannon Cahill. Had that record back in 2006, so it stood for quite a while, but Jack Harris is now your all-time receiving, or single-season uh, receiving leader in Guntersville High School football history, so great for Jack, great for a great team win last week, 56-14 to over Boaz, another one of those games where, you know, it kind of started out close. It was 7-7 seven to seven, um, with about five minutes left in the first quarter, and then... You know, as this Gunnersville team has done all year long, it, they just opened the floodgates. And by halftime, you're the opposing team, and you look at the scoreboard, and you're down by 30. And there's really nothing, no hope of, of really coming back. If you can't muster some offense against this team, against this Gunnersville defense, and, and have it within a score or two by halftime, you really get behind the eight ball really quickly. And this Gunnersville defense has a way of being able to put pressure on the quarterback to make the quarterback make a bad decision and inevitably ends up as an interception. I mean, they've got 16 interceptions on the season. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's been impressive. And, of course, Cooper Davison uh, gets a pick six last week in the second quarter of that game. Same thing. They're able to flush the quarterback out of the pocket, tries to throw back across his body. Cooper's standing right there for the interception, takes it back for a touchdown. So it was great to see Um we have some season stats now, too. Coach Reese was uh, kind enough to, to shoot these over to me a few days ago, so I thought I'd go over some of the stat leaders um, at the ninth game. Here we are, 8-0, and, zero. and uh, Cole McCarty leading the way, obviously, at the quarterback position. Cole has completed 102 of 129 passes, at 79.1%. He's got 1,781 yards uh, passing. That's uh, 13.8 yards per attempt. His long longest pass of the year has been a 78-yard pass, uh, 25 touchdowns to two interceptions. That's the stat right there. Um, moving on to rushing, I think it's pretty safe to say Logan Pates leading the Wildcats in rushing. He's got 113 attempts for 923 yards. That's an average of 8.2 yards per carry. He's got a long of 80, which was against Boaz just last week. He also has 13 touchdowns to his name. Uh, Jarrell Williamson's also provided a, a nice. Uh, I mean, if you can call Jarrell Williamson a backup running back, that's what he is. It's pretty, pretty amazing to call him a backup running back. But he has uh, he's got 15 attempts this year for 109 yards and uh, four touchdowns. Cole McCarty's also gotten to the action on rushing with uh, 17 attempts, 203 yards. His longest run this year has been 30 yards, and he has two touchdowns on the ground. And then going over to receiving, like I just said, Jack Harris has broke that record with 827 yards. He's hauled he's, uh, in eight touchdowns this year. Uh, Cooper Davidson actually leads in touchdowns receptions with 10. He has 391 yards. Uh, Brandon Fusell has five uh, touchdown catches. Tucker Leach has two, and Evan Taylor has a touchdown catch as well. Now, the defensive stats, the defensive stats is one of those things like, where do you even begin? Because there's so many highlights to this defense. But I'm going to start with the guys putting the pressure on the quarterback. Ben Biddle and Miller Cutner have really been solid when it comes to that front seven. Uh, Miller Kuttner has five and a half sacks this season. Ben Biddle has two. But Ben Biddle also has 26 solo tackles, uh, 36 37 total uh, Miller cuttner has 34 and a half total tackles and 25 solo so those two have been really solid up front I know Ben Biddle's at the linebacker position but being able to have 26 uh, 26 solo tackles and 11 and a half tackles for loss Ben Biddle and that leads the team 11 and a half tackles for loss some of these other stats I mean there's just so many that jump out um, McKinley Hampton 27 and a half total tackles. Let's see, uh, Jordan Griffin, 28 and a half total tackles. Jarrell Williamson is the tackle leader. He has a, he has a total of 63 tackles, 46 of those are solo. So Jarrell having the season that, uh, that we all thought that he would. He also has the one interception, which was returned for a touchdown against ARAB. Uh, Dwayne Hundley, 17 and a half tackles, but he has three interceptions. Cooper Davidson leads the team with four interceptions, and then you got guys like Aiden Clines, Brandon Fusell. I mean, all these guys are just making plays on that defensive side of the ball, and it's been a fun, fun defense to watch, so we'll see how things go tonight against the Warriors, but the West Point Warriors come into the game three and five. We're actually going to visit with uh, West Point head coach Don Farley a little bit later in the show, see what he has to say about the Gundersville Wildcats and the, uh, the West Point season up to this point, uh, but I hope you stick around. Uh, Here in a minute, we're gonna look at uh, what would be the bracket if we started playoffs tomorrow. This is the high school football preview
1: show and we will be right back. It's football time in Alabama. Things are different this year, but Friday night still reminds us of who we are. I'm Robert Adderhold and I'm proud to represent you in Congress and proud to do my part to get us back to normal. That means loans for small businesses, more broadband for families and research to find a vaccine. This fall, cheer your team, hug your family, and say a prayer for our country. I'm Robert Adderholt, and I approve this message.
2: Paid for by Adderholt for Congress.
3: Gunner's Landing Golf Course is the best golf course in the USA for value as judged by Golf Advisor. And memberships are now available at Gunner's Landing. Only $2,500 annual membership fee for new members. Remember, Phase 3 lots are available for sale with lake views now at Gunner's Landing, where they have a renovated pool and so much more. Gunner's Landing, the best course in the USA for value as judged by Golf Advisor. Gunner's Landing and welcome back in. So
0: the playoffs for 5A especially are getting just about to the point where they're they're pretty well set. Most people are going to play a out of region maybe rival game next week. This is most people's last region game in fact. There was a huge region game last night over in Birmingham. Pleasant Grove took on Ramsey. I'm sure that one was probably a lot of fun to go sit down and watch. But if it were to if the playoffs were tonight Guntersville would host Corner, and uh, Pleasant Grove or Ramsey would host May Jemison. So basically how that works is Guntersville would play two playoff games at home. Obviously, beat Corner in the first round, would be at home. And if Pleasant Grove or Ramsey was to beat May Jemison, then Guntersville would again host. So Guntersville has a good chance to host the first two rounds of the playoffs, which is huge because you know, last year they had to take that long trip to Hamilton, and when you get into the playoffs, you, you're looking at some long, long trips. I mean, I'm just looking at the North Region here. You got Alexandria is a long trip. If you had to take that one, Russellville, long trip. So you know, once you get into once you get into the point where you're playing all these people from all across the North Alabama, there's no telling where you may end up traveling. So to be able to uh, to possibly have your first two uh, playoff games at home. Uh, it's a really a big advantage for Gunnersville, and um, you know I, I know that obviously you got West Point tonight, which everybody wants to see Gunnersville have a perfect season. The players do, the coaches do. So there is no overlooking this West Point team. I promise you that. I, I've, I've got that from conversations with Coach Reese. He knows that this uh, West Point team presents some problems on offense, so they've been preparing just as if this game tonight is for the region championship. And then, of course, next week is Albertville. I mean, do you need any more motivation (laughs) than than to play Albertville and to beat Albertville at home, especially on senior night? So, you know, there's still a lot to play for for this season, but it is nice knowing that this team has locked up that first-round playoff game to be at home and more than likely going to play corner. It'll be between corner and Hayden, but it looks like it's more than likely going to be corner. And we'll know for sure next week. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to get those brackets to you, and it'll be, we'll have that in the Advertiser Gleam, and we'll have it on, the, on 95.9 right here. So you will be in the know as far as the playoffs go. But tonight, the task at hand is West Point. And when we come back from break, we are gonna talk to West Point Head Coach Don Farley.
2: It's game time, and Dell Benton Chevrolet in Guntersville is going wild for the Guntersville Wildcats and their amazing band. We support you and are cheering you on for an amazing season. And in store, you'll go wild about our low prices on new Chevys, so let's go. We'll see you at Dell Benton Chevrolet at the top of the mountain in Guntersville at the Old Bob Henry location. Visit DellBentonChevrolet.com, your friend in the car business.
3: As the city of Gunnersville continues to grow and prosper, your Gunnersville Water Board keeps pace with their commitment to invest in state-of-the-art facility and technology upgrades as they prepare to provide customers with unsurpassed quality of life for decades to come. For more information on the Gunnersville Water Board, including fast and easy online bill payment, visit their informative website, GunnersvilleWater.com.
0: And we are joined now by West Point head coach Don Farley. Coach, you guys have uh, strung together three wins in the last three weeks, and you played yourself right into the playoffs. So what's been the secret these last few weeks?
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's just been our guys, you know, they kept working. I had some early, you know, some early losses in the season that was just some tough, you know, one-possession type losses and, you know, a couple plays here, a couple plays there. and uh, We kept it, it, you know. Telling our guys, you know, you got to make plays. You never know what play is going to be the difference. And you know, our kids kept working, working hard, and you know, was able to, to like you said, string, string together a couple of three wins, and you know, put themselves in the playoffs. And just real proud of the effort and and everything that they've, that, how they've handled the, you know, the early season disappointments and everything.
0: Yeah, and anytime I've talked to another coach around the region, you know, I've talked to Coach Sullivan over at Boaz. Coach Reese. Even when I talk to him, one of the things he says about your team is big. The word big always comes up. So just kind of explain. I know you got a pretty good guy quarterback, and and you got a good running back as well. Just talk about the offense a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, you know, ever everybody says says big, you know. But I guess when you're around <laughs> these guys all the time, you don't you don't really <laughs> right. you don't really think about it that much. Uh, but you know, we do got some healthy guys. Uh, you know, on our offensive and defensive front, and our quarterback is a uh, you know he's a he's a big kid, about six four you know, around probably around 210 pounds, uh, you know, the, the offense, we just, we're, we're still trying to, you know, be consistent. Uh, last week, we, we still had a turnover late in the game, you know, where we've been, we've been trying to clean up turnovers and penalties. Uh, that's one of the things, you know, that, that'll slow down an offense, uh, you know, the self-inflicted type issues. So we've been trying to clean that up, but, uh, you know, our guys, you know, they go out and they play hard and execute and, you know, sometimes, sometimes turnovers happen because the other team, you know, the other team's trying to execute what they do on defense. So, you know, we, we've tried to clean that up on what we can control, getting better at penalties, being more consistent, catching the ball, you know, protection up front, trying to pick up blitzes, things like that. Uh, the kids, like I said earlier, they they just keep working and, and have a good attitude. And, you know, they're having fun. I think they finally understand that I think, I think reality's kind of set in that, you know, the season could really, could really be over any day. Uh, You know, whether it's, it's, you know, statewide or just just locally, Uh, you know, unfortunately some teams have had to deal with that. And, you know, I think our kids and most of all the kids across the state are are really getting to enjoy football the way it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And And another thing I wanted to ask, you know, some people have dealt with it better than others. And I know obviously you guys seem like you've been able to get through the season pretty well, but how has the COVID protocols been and, and how has it, uh, it affected negatively or positively for the team?
1: Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's anything positive with, with the COVID and the, and the protocols. And, you know, what, what we're having to deal with is, you know, across the state and the nation with, with COVID. Uh, you know, it, it has affected us. We've had some guys, you know, due to, due to contract tracing, uh, we've had some guys that had to, you know, had to sit their days uh, because of contact, and, uh, you know, that's that's troublesome because the guys that have done it have not, they've not been sick, and I'm sure that's happened at a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, it's 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 guilty by association, and that's not fair when you're, you know, if you're a senior and you've only got so many games that you can play, and that those games could be took away at any time. You know, you have to see it because of contract tracing, Is it's, it's, it's you know, it bothers me. I understand. I understand and certainly respect the decisions. I understand why, why we have those precautions in place, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's happened, you know, we've, we've had anybody that's tested on our team, you know, we've been lucky and and not had anybody test positive. We've had all negative tests, but you know, the tracing, you know, it, it could, it can come down just for where you, where you sit in the classroom, you know, and that's, 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 that's that's bothersome when it you know when it can have an impact like that on on any team
0: yeah i i couldn't agree with you more on that um but now let's uh let's get into the task at hand you guys come to gunnersville tonight gunnersville's coming into the game eight no they've they've clinched the one spot in the region you guys have clinched a spot in the playoffs as well so you know talk about this gunnersville team and what you see when you when you turn the tape on
1: well i'll tell you what we see we we see a team that's you know, ever bit their record, ever bit of their ranking. Uh, well-rounded, well-coached. You know, disciplined. I like to use the word "very sound." Uh, you know, will does it. They don't. They don't make mistakes to beat themselves, and they capitalize on mistakes that other teams make. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to use the word "relaxed," and I don't think Coach Reese would use the word "relaxed." But it, you know, it, it's, 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 it's. I guess it's a calming effect knowing that. the the playoffs are what they are as far as you know as far as seating goes for both our teams uh what we're hoping to get from the game is we're hoping to get the playoff speed you know because when you get in that first round everything's faster everybody's everybody's good that's there you know and you have you have what what i like to call game speed you know it changes so we're hoping to be able to to get that you know to get that look and i know we're going to get that look I, i hope we can I hope we can give, you know, hoping we can give will, you know, that look with, with playoff speed because the game is – it is a step faster. So, you know, like I said, they're, they're, there's there's no flaws in what they do offensively, defensively. Quarterback's good. Running back's good. You know, wide receivers got two good linebackers and some, you know, a nose guard and defensive ends. They're, they're really the, – the, the best word I can say is really sound, really fundamentally – you know, really fundamental good football team, and that's you know for us, that's that's what I've told our guys. You know, let's let's go and let's go and play, and let's play the playoff speed. You know, to to get ourselves ready for that first round.
0: Coach, we really appreciate you joining us tonight, and uh, best of luck to your guys the rest of the way.
1: Thank y'all so much. Marshall County Gas District works diligently to keep our customers top priority, from providing reliable natural gas service to a variety of free, convenient bill pay options. You can pay online at marshallcountygas.com or call 877-852-8477. There are no fees to utilize either service. Although our lobbies remain closed, we are here for you, operating normal business hours of Monday through Friday, 7:30 a.m. to 4:30 p.m. Go Wildcats from the Marshall County Gas District.
4: Steve and Marilyn Murphy invite you to visit Harrelson Drugs. In addition to being your trusted healthcare resource, Harrelson carries a great selection of gifts and collectibles. You'll find aisles of the most popular names and brands suitable for any occasion. They're also your source for customized invitations and printing. You'll always find an all occasion card to say exactly what you feel. Harrelson Drugs on the corner of Obreg
3: and Patterson in Gunnersville. And now, Memories of Wildcat Football with Bill Yancey. Tonight, we go back to the early days of Coach Joe Chorba. Bill's son, Jeff, recorded some interviews in 2013 with several old cats. And tonight, we have a good storyteller with us, the late Joel Morgan.
5: All right, this week on Where Are They Now? Our guest is Mr. Joel Morgan. He played for the Wildcats 60 years ago. Mr. Morgan was co-captain of the 1952 Wildcats along with Joe Harvey. Joe Harvey was the brother of Sam Harvey of the Advertiser Gleam. And Mr. Morgan was married to a very prominent educator, Miss Sue Morgan, now retired. Of course, she taught me, and I believe taught all my sisters. So before we talk about football, Mr. Morgan, what did you do before retirement, and uh, what what things are going on with y'all now?
6: Well, I worked at the Advertiser Gleam after I got out of high school until 1956 and then I went to work at Redstone Arsenal as Equipment Specialist and was there for somewhere around 50 years and I was assigned several different missile systems and I commuted quite a bit to White Sands and the Mojave Desert in California developing, testing and then helped deliver them overseas for weapon systems deployments. And fieldings.
5: Oh, so you had a good bit of travel in you? you. Were uh, that sounds like an interesting job.
6: It was an interesting job. I stayed with it for 50 years, so it had to be pretty finished.
5: Well, it must have been a pretty good job if you worked for 50 years at it. I'd yep. say. Yep. Yeah. Of course, a lot of people know your wife, 'cause she taught so many. Uh, I guess she taught so many kids here in Guntersville, and was principal, I believe, for a while.
6: Yeah, we can, we can go out just most anywhere and run into some, some of her students, and she calls them their, their kids is her grandkids, she says. and
5: <laughs> Well, all right, so let's get to uh, the football. What years uh, were you played? 52 was your senior season? Yes, sir. And uh, how long did you how long did you start? What years did you play?
6: Well, let's say I broke my leg playing Scottsboro when I was in the ninth grade, and uh, I played in the tenth grade. In the 11th grade and the 12th grade, so that was...
5: So you played all four years in high school. All then. four years in high school. Now, you broke your leg against Scottsboro as a freshman, so you were playing as a freshman, and he was just showing me a scar. You can still see the scar on his leg today. You broke that uh, your left leg there. Yeah. Lower leg, a compound fracture, did you say?
6: Yes, sir, that was correct. Broke both bones.
5: Broke both bones. So that was quite an injury to have to come back from.
6: It was, but Dr. Martin put me through all kinds of therapy. I'd leave school, go to school in the morning, leave school, school by dinnertime and go, go to the hospital and, and put me through all this therapy, trying to trying to get it built back and did get it built back because I played three more years after that.
5: So he had you, he rehabbed you pretty good then.
6: He rehabbed me pretty good.
5: All right. Now, you played for Chorba and Lee, of course. What were what was it like to play for Chorba and Lee?
6: Well, it was pretty rough. They were both young then and very disciplined and demanded and got a lot of respect. Uh, they were both pretty, pretty straight shooters, and Chorber knew a little bit more football. Coach Lee was, he was kind of a baseball coach, but, uh, but he helped Coach Chorber out as an as assistant football coach. He did a lot of scouting for him, stuff like
5: that. So y'all, he made y'all a pretty tough, hard-nosed, disciplined team, I would imagine that.
6: He was going to do that. He was going to definitely make us a hard-nosed football team. Yeah, and we know. were. We were.
5: We had uh, William Benefield on earlier this year on our Where Are They Now segment, and uh, he talked about them. He, You could really tell William thought the world of him.
6: Yeah, yeah. William and I was guards on a couple of them teams. He was a right guard and I was a left guard. One time we were we were pulling out, and guard was leaving leading the interference for for our running backs, and uh, we we're scrimmaging in practice, and, and uh, I pulled the wrong way, and we clashed head on, <laughs> <laughs> Torber came over and he said, "Are you hurt, William?" William said, "No, not not hurt." He said, Joel, are you hurt? And I said, no. He said, well, you ought to be. He said, you all been pulling out of that wide open. said, both of you all to be out cold. And that's all he said. That's all he ever said to us about it.
5: Oh, so he y'all should have hit each other a little yeah, harder
6: is what yeah, he said. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> we said you should have been pulling out and going full speed.
5: Oh. <laughs> all right. So you were, now that year, you, your senior year, I guess it was, you were co-captain with Joe Harvey. Uh-huh. So, uh, I guess, Joe, how you got to work to the Advertiser Gleam, is that how you got hooked up with the Gleam?
6: Yeah. Well, I'd had a little bit of experience, and, and uh, they taught me to be a printer, and I worked in there as as a printer. Of course, I went to East Central Junior College down to Keita, Mississippi, on a football scholarship, and I got a brain concussion, so I didn't play a whole heck of a lot down there, but I stayed the whole year, and... Uh, Lyle Darnell from ARAB was down there, and uh, I believe Fred Thrower, there was another boy from ARAB, and we left there at time. and uh, I said, I don't know about you guys, but I ain't going back. And we didn't. We we hitchhiked home. And the coach down there, he called me two or three times, but he finally just gave up that I wasn't coming back. I told him right off the bat I wasn't coming back, and I didn't go back either. And I didn't play anymore college football after that
5: after the concussion
6: after the concussion I couldn't couldn't.
5: yeah I imagine equipment equipment was a lot different in those days you were it showing was. me some photos there and uh, of course no face masks then
6: no we didn't have face masks
5: so I imagine there were a lot of broken noses yeah. you get those, those. there
6: they was teeth knocked out and and uh, cut eyebrows and all that kind of stuff yeah, but,
5: yes but, I would imagine so with no type of face guard there well Joe Harvey can you tell us a little bit about him? He was your co-captain, and uh, I know everybody around town knows Sam, but it may not have known Joe.
6: Well, Joe and them, he, he, had, he had folks that was working, Mr. Harvey and them, and they sent him to the University of Alabama and made an engineer out of him. And he married uh, his high school sweetheart, Joe Kirkpatrick. And last I knew, Joe was working up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, I believe, or somewhere up there, as an engineer.
5: So Joe didn't go into the uh, publishing business like the rest of the family? Then? No,
6: no. He, he was made an engineer. Uh, mm. And a good one, I guess. I don't know. But uh, he made good grades, I know, because I was at the university one time, and, and uh, I had a cousin that was, was going to school down there. and uh, He was on the, on the graduation program, he having made the high score on the engineering test.
5: So he was a pretty astute fellow. Then. He was.
6: Joe, was. Joe was a good boy. Yeah. Good football player. He wasn't ever big enough to play in that line like we played, but but he did. He yeah. did the best he could.
5: How were the captains selected? Did the coaches pick y'all, or did? No, they,
6: they had to be elected by the, the by team, the players. Yeah. Teammates.
5: Uh-huh. So y'all were pretty well respected among your teammates then.
6: Pretty much, yeah.
5: So who were, who were some of the other guys that you played with? Mm, let's see. I know you brought me some photos there. You got some of them.
6: Okay. Some of the guys I played with was Bobby Booth, Hugh Lee Burke, and I'll tell you another story about Hugh Lee Burke. Pete Dick, Bobby Mitchell, Buddy Bodine, William Benefield, Sonny Gordon, and Sonny's brother, Eddie, Bevan Alexander, Joe Dunn, Jerry McMurray, Wilson Hall, and R.B. Narl, Jr. Well, I started to say I was going to tell you a story about Hugh Lee Burke, uh, Hugh Lee Burke was, was, uh, they lived out at Asbury, somewhere out in that neighborhood. And Hugh Lee had two brothers, but they were drafted into the Army. And uh, Hugh Lee's daddy called him in and told him, said, Hugh Lee, if you want to play football, said, we got to get this cotton crop out of the field. So Hugh Lee came, came to school and told Coach, said, said, my daddy told me if we didn't get that crop out of the field, I couldn't, couldn't play football. So Coach called us all together. And told us about 35 40 of us and he said i'll get your transportation out there I said mr burke's gonna pay you off for cotton cotton picking he said i don't i can't remember how much it was but it was you know about a dollar and 30 cents a dollar 40 cents a hundred pound so anyway we went out there and picked cotton and i don't know how we how we wound up with all of us having a pig sack but we did and we all took us a sack lunch and and picked cotton all day long one day for Early in the morning till night that evening, <laughs> and So we got his we got his cotton picked.
5: So he got to play football. then. So he got so to play football. Teammates had to jump up and get up there and pick the cotton just so he could play football. Yep,
6: then. they sure did. And well, y'all we must, did.
5: y'all must have thought a lot of him, man, to go up there and pick a cotton for him to get that be able to play.
6: Well, he was he was a good football player.
5: Let's see now your quarterback here that year was that uh, let's see Frank Forster. Frank
6: Forrester yeah and, and running
5: backs were Willard Griff and JB Davis right and JB I believe he was the one did he went on to play at Georgia did he, he
6: played at the University of Georgia and uh, had a scholarship and uh, best I can remember he married his coach's daughter over there and, and not Wally Butts but one of the assistant coaches best I can remember and then when he got out of out of college He he coached high school football and baseball over there and retired and moved back to Guntersville and worked for Jimmy Whitaker in the construction business. I think he ran the scales, weighed stuff, asphalt, gravel, and all that kind of stuff for Jimmy before he died. So Uh,
5: he retired from teaching and coaching in Georgia and came back over here
6: then. Came back to Guntersville.
5: Worked for Jimmy Whitaker. uh, Worked for Jimmy Whitaker, yeah. Well, now, y'all had a good season, your senior record. Your senior record that year was 7-2-1. You had close losses to Glencoe and Emma Sampson. Your loss to Emma Sampson was 13-6. to And, of course, the Rebels, they had one of the elite programs in the 50s. Do you remember much about those games?
6: First one we played in a, in a pouring rain in Gunnersville, and we beat them. uh uh-uh. Take that back. We didn't beat them. We tied them. The second one we played in in real severe cold weather over in Gedston and they beat us no that ain't right either
5: it says here it was 13 y'all your loss was 13 to 6. that was, was that
6: the, was the last year that was the third time we played them yeah, we played so, them in sleet and snow in in gunnersville and uh, they beat us to 13 to 6. uh
5: and of course the tie was your tie that year was that with uh albertville
6: yeah we did tie albertville that year seven seven tie
5: yeah One the t- few ties in the series Uh, Mm -hmm. it was that that was played on Thanksgiving Day of course what was it like playing uh, Alberville back in those days
6: well best I can remember that day was even even Stephen, they were tough and they were rough and uh, Jimmy Alford one of the boys that y'all that you're dead in in, inducted into the Marshall County Sports Hall of Fame he got through out of the ball game that day and uh, what he and I were doing was kicking each other in the shins. And the official caught him. He didn't catch me kicking him, but he, <laughs> but he caught him kicking me.
5: So you got him thrown out then. And then
6: Coach Vernon <laughs> Wells was coaching then, and I followed him. I followed the official. He had he had uh, pulled Jimmy by the arm and carried him off and told the, told Coach Coach Vernon Wells that, that he was ejecting him from the ball game. And our, best I remember, Coach Wells had a fit. I'm talking about he jumped up and down and said, well, he's the cleanest, best playing ball player I got. <laughs> the official said, "Well, you ain't got him now," and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't come back.
5: Oh, now you were showing me a picture there. I, I believe that was the captain shaking hands. And there's one fella there. Is that Neil Reed. He's towering above everybody else there. Yeah,
6: he was a big old boy, and he played. He played over at uh, Georgia Tech, and. Uh, your dad was telling me that he had that he's in the Sports Hall of Fame too. And your dad was telling me that he had pictures that were made on the, in the magazine, the American Sportsman or something that, whatever. And but he he was a good football player, yeah. a very good football player, big old boy and big too.
5: So I get Alberville was the big rival, and that was the last game of the year. I take it, and it was always played on Thanksgiving Day.
6: Yeah. Now Arab was just about as big a rivalry. Uh, we played. We played Arab in 19, 1949, I believe. Arab beat us, and they harassed Coach Chorba to death about it. And uh, <laughs> he, he even called uh, the florist and had some flowers sent to him. And I don't know what all else. And
5: uh, he probably didn't take it too well. He, he didn't imagine.
6: take that at all. And he told us the next day or the next day at school he told us, he said, The next time that Arab beats Gunnersville, I said that'd be the day I quit. And it was ten years, I guess, and Coach Shorber had already resigned when for Arab ever beat
5: Before they ever beat us again. Yep. Huh. Uh, uh, uh. Well, that's good. I guess y'all beat all of the county that year, then. Well, to, with a tie for Albertville. Well, did you play Boaz in those days? We didn't.
6: Too? We didn't play Boaz in those days. They they wasn't in our classification, and we didn't play them. Didn't have to play them, so we didn't play them.
5: So it's just Albertville and A. R. Yeah, Albertville and A. R. Mm. Well, all right, Miss Morgan. Those are some interesting stories. I want to thank you for being with us this week. We always like to hear some from some of the old fellows about the old days. Ah. Uh, any other memories you had from back then?
6: Well, I'd like to tell you about some of the players that I played against in, in those different schools. Bigfoot Clemens played over Scottsboro, and Shotgun Bentley and his little brother Pistol played at ARAB, and I remember them well. And uh, Frank and Neil Reed, of course, from Albertville, and Lyle Darnell from ARAB, and the Isom brothers, Delano and Huva J. And best I can remember, Hughie J was was the father of of, of Gunsville's last uh, Isom football coach, and uh,
5: of course our state championship coach Phil Isom.
6: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Hubie J was, was 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 his daddy, and Delano was his uncle, and they were both pretty good ball players too. I remember, and they had a had a had an aunt that that taught at Gunsville High School and was teaching then. And I remember I kicked Delano in the head and knocked one of his teeth out, broke one of his teeth off. <laughs> and the next Monday morning, my Miss Ison was waiting on me at school. And she jumped on me and up one side and down the other. And I had had broke ribs on both, both rib cage, and I pulled up my t shirt like that and I said, this is what they did to me and she said my gosh was y'all trying to kill each other i said yes ma'am i said that was the end of the conversation we never never she discussed didn't say it anything again that That was the end of the conversation
5: <laughs> oh well that's pretty good so those uh, those county games were pretty rough back in those days they
6: were absolutely
5: <clears throat> always liked to have bragging rights in the county anyway though.
6: oh yeah one time one time we was playing over there and uh they had led us to about three quarters of the ball game, and uh, just before the, just before the ball game ended, well, we started scoring and came back and beat them. And some of the people in Arab had already gone home from the ball game, thinking that the Arab had done won the ball game. And of course, you needless to say, they were very very surprised the next day when they heard the scores. And as best I can remember, uh, T.C. Crane was our mayor down here. And uh, of course, I'm sure there was some alcoholic beverages consumed, whatever, but uh, <laughs> he, he he won Jim Leak's prize bull. He had a prize bull. It was it won all kind of ribbons and trophies and all this kind of stuff. And best I can remember, Mr. Crane had had won that, won that bet on the ball game, and he had won this bull. Anyway, when he went to go get him the next day on, on Saturday morning, I think they shot at him before I think Mr. Crane left. <laughs> left had to get the sheriff to go back over there, and I think he finally just just paid to uh, Mr. Crane for the bull and kept the bull. But, <laughs> but it was bitter. It was bitter rivalry back Uh-oh. in those days. So he didn't
5: really want. To, he didn't want to pay up on that one. Did he? No,
6: no, he didn't want. He, he he got up the next morning, I guess, sober, you know, and realized that that Mr. Crane had won this bull. And, <laughs> Well, how am I going to get out of that without giving him a bullet?
5: <laughs> oh, well, that's great. I wish I could have seen some of those old games back in those days. I'm sure they were fierce. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I want to thank you for being with us this week, and uh, we appreciate you coming in, sharing some of the stories from the old days with us.
6: Well, Jeff, I've enjoyed it very much, and uh, I could probably talk all all night long about it. <laughs> and, uh,
5: those are some good stories, and I thank you for coming in, bringing those pictures. That's uh, that's great to see some of those old pictures there.
6: I wish Bill was in where I could show 'em ball him.
5: Well, we'll uh, we'll see. You can catch him one day. I'm sure. I'll catch is. him. Yeah, I'll I'm sure him. he'd like to see him too. So, I'll uh, catch
6: him at the post office or
3: somewhere. Oh yeah. Well, thank you again, Mr. Morgan, for being in this week. You've been listening to Bill Yancey's Wildcat Memories. Tonight's guest was the late Joel Morgan from a 2013 interview. Listen again next week before Wildcat football for more Wildcat memories
2: bonds appliance longtime supporters of guntersville athletics bonds appliance has proudly served guntersville for over 36 years so remember to make them your first stop for all your home appliance and lawn and garden needs they carry the same great brands as those big box stores but offer friendly and personal down home service and they deliver install and service everything they sell located on 1415 gunter app in guntersville go wildcats from everyone at bonds appliance
3: the physicians, nurse practitioners, and the entire staff at Lakeside Clinic in Gunnersville support the Gunnersville Wildcats, including Dr. John Boggess, Dr. Joshua Bell, Dr. Joel Milligan, Dr. Morgan Jackson, Dr. Alex Nixon, Dr. Leslie Reed Johnson, Dr. Jeff Saylor, along with nurse practitioners Amanda Mason, April Miller, and Emily Crosby. They all say go Wildcats from Lakeside Clinic, Homer Clayton Drive, Gunnersville.
4: Welcome in to the Coach Lance Reese Show. Coach Reese brought to you with the compliments and the best wishes of Foodland right across the street from the high school in the Southgate Shopping Center. We'll take a look at tonight's game. And the prospects for the Wildcats this season after this word from the folks that Present Foodland Plus. Wildcat fans, you sure know where to find a savings this week on your family's food stuff, don't you? Right across from the high school, over in the Southgate Shopping Center at the Foodland Plus store. This week, we're featuring Duncan Hines Classic Cake Mixes for just 99 cents. And you can get the Duncan Hines Frostings, two of the 16-ounce packages for three bucks all this week. At Foodland, come on in, folks, and let's talk about the Wildcats and our other favorite sporting teams while we're saving bunches of cash on the family's foodstuffs. This week at Foodland Plus, the folks are bringing the Coach Lance Reese show right here on 95.9 Country. We're across from the high school.
0: Welcome to the Coach Lance Reese Show, brought to you by Foodland Plus in Gunner'sville. Coach Reese, thanks for joining us today. Good to be here, Joe. Yeah, so uh, going into last week, you know, going into the Boaz game, you guys got that win, 56-14 to at Boaz. But going into the game, you talked about some of the challenges that Boaz presented along the defensive front. Obviously handled it pretty well. Talk about Logan Pate's performance in that offensive line.
2: Yeah, Pate had a uh, biggest night of the year. I think he had over 200 yards rushing and six touchdowns. Uh, offensive line blocked really well. You know, you, you talk about Pate's night, but I think Cole was or, – our or quarterback was 13 to 15 for like yep. 225 or something like that. So, balance makes it really tough to defend. Uh, re- really proud of Logan, but also, you know, when you have over 500 yards offense, you got to mention that offensive line. I think we had uh, – I've already mentioned Cole at quarterback, but then we had four receivers with multiple catches. So. Just overall a good night for the offense, other than turnovers. We turned it over a few times, so that uh, gave me something to kind of harp on this week in practice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like you just said, Pate had a career day, um, but still maintains that humble attitude. And I I couldn't help but notice at one point after one touchdown run, I think it was the 80-yard run, he made a point to go up to each offensive
2: lineman and say something. That seems like a pretty close-knit group. It is. Uh, They – you know they enjoy practicing enjoy being around each other i think a lot of them are, are virtual so when they come to practice they kind of enjoy being around other right. <laughs> other people so it's uh uh you know we we don't start practicing until two but i have to do my best to tell them that you can't show up till 1 because <laughs> some of them would love to be up there you know after lunch so anyway it's a it's been a good group they've been a pleasure to coach and uh, they're still excited about playing football which is great for this time of year
0: and uh, moving on to the defense, just another prof- uh, uh, impressive performance last week. Defense has now has 16 interceptions on the season. Cooper returns one for a touchdown in the first half last week. What makes these guys so
2: opportunistic, especially in the secondary? You know, we talked about that this week at practice. A lot of times the reason you're getting those chances for, for interceptions is because we've done a great job of stopping the run and putting them in long yarded situations. And usually we're getting a good pass rush. Then on the other end, when you see guys get sacks, it's because the secondary is playing well. So you got to have 11 people doing their job to have success on defense. And, uh, you know, we feel like we've got 11 guys that are playing really hard, and they've done a great job this year.
0: Had another record set against Boaz. Uh, receiver Jack Harris he caught his 36th pass, but the record that he set is 827 yards of total receiving. breaks Coach Cahill's record, which stood since 2006. What makes uh, Jack – such a the solid target that he is.
2: Well, Jack's uh you know he's a hard worker. Uh, just a pleasure to coach. His work ethic makes the players around him good. He uh, he's not only a leader at receiver, but really for our whole offense. So, um, you know, Jack's a guy that's got good size. He's six three, six four, but he also plays big. Some people mm-hmm. don't. He's uh, one thing people might not know is he's a really physical blocker. He's a probably he's one of the best blockers on the team. When he gets a chance to catch the ball, he does it and uh, just takes pride in everything that he does. So uh, this week we're going to see him a little bit on defense too. So uh, Jack's a a senior and one of those guys that means a lot to our team.
0: You're listening to the Coach Lance Reese Show, sponsored by Foodland Plus in Gunnersville. We'll be right back.
2: Fans, if you're seeking
4: real honest goodness savings on your family's foodstuffs, you're going to find them at Foodland that brings you to Coach free show every week during the Wildcat football season. This week, we're bringing you boneless Chuck Roast that we usually sell for $5.99 a pound for $3.99 a pound this week. And Chicken Leg Quarters, these are fresh, sold in 10-pound bags, 49 cents a pound, and they're usually 69 cents a pound. Folks, you can make a meal off Hunt's Manwich. Get your five cans of Manwich for five bucks this week at Foodland. Come on in, folks. We're right across from high school in the Southgate Shopping Center. We'll talk Wildcat football and we'll talk grocery savings at
0: Foodland.
4: Thank you for shopping with us.
0: Welcome back into the show, Coach. Uh, we're at that point at the eighth game of the season, ninth game of the season. So we're getting near the end talk a little bit about injuries Did we have anybody banged up
2: yeah we've been fortunate this year but uh last game we had a few guys banged up probably the more severe is mckinley hampton he's got a sprained ankle kind of achilles type deal that's uh one of those that can linger so um uh, we've uh, decided to hold him out this week and get him in a boot odell's been working with him so hopefully he'll be back for Albertville and then um uh, uh, Brooks Martin and Reese McCauley are also kind of banged up, it's it's tough because they both started guard. So mm-hmm. anytime you have multiple injuries at one position, you know it's a, it's a concern. Uh, then Aiden Kleins, who's a senior starting inside linebacker, he's been sick this week with like a stomach bug. So you know we try to keep him away from everybody because you don't want something like that going through the team. So you'll have Jace Huddleston, who's a guy that's been making a lot of plays for us on special teams. Yeah. He's a sophomore, so that'll be a Great chance for Jace to get in there and um, get some experience because we know he'll be one of our main guys next year. So, you know, anytime you've, you've played good good hard football, you're going to have some guys banged up, but it seems like it's kind of hit us this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to have some young guys step up.
0: Sure, and we, we turn our attention to West Point, And, you know, when you look at West Point's record, they're three and five right now. And while that might not look good on paper, the fact is they've won the last three games and they've clinched a playoff spot.
2: Yeah, they have. They're averaging uh, 42 points a game. They had really close games with uh, with Boas and Fairview. And, uh, you know, when you watch the film, the thing that jumps out at you is their quarterback, Cochran, who's 6'4", weighs about 210, really looks like a college-type quarterback, moves well in the pocket. You know, a guy that size, it's hard to tackle him if you go high. So we're going to have to do a good job of keeping him in the pocket. They've got a big running back and a big offensive line. so. Uh, offensively, they're going to be a, a real challenge, kind of a different team than we've seen this year because they're a run-first – excuse me, they're a pass-first offense. We've been seeing a lot of running teams. So, mm-hmm. it's going to be a challenge. And then defensively, we've got to continue to – you know, we just got to score points with our offense when we get the opportunity. And uh, we've really stressed no turnovers this week, so hopefully we'll see that on the field on Friday.
0: Gotcha. And this week has been homecoming week. And, you know, in light of everything that's been going on preseason with COVID and everything, I'm sure it's been fun for students, but – How do you navigate distractions in homecoming week?
2: Yeah, we've – you know, I realize football is important, but they're also students too. And so we've uh, let them go to floats but told them they don't need to be there stationary. They just need to go see everybody and kind of, uh, you know, greet their classmates, but we don't need them to be there stationary for any one time. Then at the the, uh, parade, normally they pile up in the back of pickup trucks and have fun. (laughs) This year we're going to have to do some more you know, try to find a way to spread them out so that they can keep that social distance and still uh, do their best they can of enjoying the foot, uh, the parade. And then, obviously, we've got to turn our attention to the football game. So uh, uh, it's good that, we, you know, we're fortunate to be having, per, having a homecoming and still be playing because a lot of the schools around us are having such COVID issues. So we're, we're uh, very pleased to be doing that. Hopefully we can make the most of it.
0: Yeah, and uh, last thing, you know, as it sits, uh, you guys are 8-0. You've clinched the number one seed in the playoffs. What's what's going to keep this team motivated these last few games?
2: Well, you know, when, anytime you've got Alberville Week 10, it's always great. Well, f- for us, we're having a good year, and you don't want to end with a loss, and Alberville's kind of struggling, but they've got a chance to finish theirs out with a win over Gunnersville, which makes any season look good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've still got a lot to play for in that game, and then the fact that we're hosting a first-round playoff game for sure – uh, that lets the players have something to look forward to. Last year we had to go on the road, kind of a long, long distance to Hamilton. But this year we know we're playing at home. So we want to keep, uh, keep this thing going and finish up undefeated and then turn our attention to the playoffs.
0: You've been listening to the Coach Lance Reese Show, sponsored by Foodland Plus in Gunnersville. Kickoff is just minutes away.
4: Fans, that's it for this edition of the Coach Lance Reese Show. Join us prior to each Wildcat game for the Coach Lance Wee Show, brought to you by the good folks at Foodland Plus, right across from the high school in the Southgate Shopping Center. See you next time on the Coach Lance Wee Show for Foodland Plus.